Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewitt, and I hope your Saturday morning has started off beautifully. We've got truly thought-provoking guests for you this morning. First, if you've been hearing about genetically engineered pets and you're a little concerned about this whole idea, then you'll be very interested in what Dennis Meredith has to say about the topic. Then, after our halftime break, our dear friend from the American Humane Association, Robin Gansert, has an alternative to the Academy Awards. Move over, Oscars, and get ready for the Poskers. <laughs> Mike Johnson, my producer, is groaning. <laughs> this and more are coming right up after a quick message from KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt, and joining me now is author Dennis Meredith. Good morning, Dennis, and welcome to the Pet Place. Good morning, Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm really excited to speak with you because you've raised a very interesting point in some emails that we've been having back and forth, and it concerns genetically engineered pets. And I understand you've written a little something about that? Oh, yes. I uh, wrote a novel called The Cerulean's Secret, and it's about a blue cat. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> years, many decades ago, this this question popped in my head: What if there was a blue cat? Wouldn't it be beautiful? Uh, and there are, you know, there are blue cats. There's a cat called the Russian Blue that's sort of blue, but yeah. you know, I thought I, for, this was many years ago when the genetic engineering uh, technology was just ba- barely getting started. And over the decades, you know, this genetic engineering technology got more and more sophisticated, and I realized that I should write a novel about what would happen if there was a whole industry of genetically engineering animals. And what you know, would happen? I, I think that's really already starting, and it's horrifying to me. I know that there have been experiments on making pets that glow with no regard to the welfare of the animals, and, and I'm horrified by this, and even more horrified by the fact that there's a market of people who would be happy to spend money to have a genetically engineered pet who was the talk of the neighborhood. Yeah, that's absolutely right. There are glowfish that glow uh, under under ultraviolet light, and there's there's more and more technology being used to that effect. And I'm horrified too. And I wanted to write a, a book, you know, a science fiction book that was an adventure. But I wanted to sort of raise this issue of what should we do about this technology before it becomes too too widespread? Because you know, as you well know, there are lots and lots of wonderful animals out there to adopt. Right. Uh, and there's no need for us to think about uh, you know, going out and genetically engineering animals because we should adopt one. What, adopt a, a wonderful cat or wonderful dog from a from a um, uh, a shelter. 
before you think about doing something like that. Absolutely. There are millions of homeless pets in shelters. They've already been born. They're already beautiful. You can't improve on nature, and their personalities are everything you would ever want. And so this just, I can't even begin to tell you how upset I am by this whole idea of genetically engineering pets. Because I don't know if you've heard about munchkin cats and no. and those tiny little pocket pet dogs that they've bred. No, I haven't. Oh, man, they they intentionally breed cats to be extremely dwarfed, and it causes all kinds of health issues. Mm-hmm. And even Persian cats, way back when, Persian cats had normal faces, just like every other cat. And people decided it would be cool to create a flat-faced cat. And so they bred animals over the years, and the same with dogs, flat-faced dogs like pugs and boxers and that sort of thing. And all of these animals that have been bred to be more desirable have so many respiratory issues. It's just, it's shameful. And people will pay money and bestow awards on animals that have these features. I I, I have to stop. It's frightening and it's disturbing (laughs) because uh, I think where this comes from is people, some people look at these animals like objects. Right. Like just collectibles. Mm-hmm. And when, in reality, uh, animals are intelligent. You know, we, we, t- we spend a lot of money looking for intelligent life on other planets. So we have intelligent life here. Right. Uh, besides humans, animals are intelligent. They're creatures that we need to respect and, and learn about and learn from. I and, think and we I- stay happily in denial about the fact that they have such amazing intelligence, and that's why we feel it's okay to be inhumane to animals. That's right. I, I think what people should do is, if you're thinking about doing buying one of these collectibles or, or supporting this this effort, go out and go to a, a, a humane society uh, shelter and look at all the great animals there, mm-hmm. and adopt one that just you that you love, and go learn about them. Learn how intelligent they are. Cats and dogs and Birds have a, a, scientists are finding more and more that they have a, a sort of a, a form of intelligence that's worthy of us learning about and enjoying. So, Absolutely. you know, adopt an E.T. Go to, <laughs> go to, go, you think E.T. was, you know, the movie was fun. Go to the, the local shelter and adopt your own E.T. and take them home and learn about them and love them and, and, and you'll have more fun than you can possibly imagine. Absolutely. Well, I know that your book is fiction. And you explore a lot of different topics in the book, but there actually have been some experiments on cats that I've read about where they have been injected with something that causes them to glow in the dark just like fish. Yeah. And uh, is that the kind of thing that inspired your novel? Well, it, it, over the decades, that was part of it. But what was happening is I just saw that more and more uh, technology was coming along that enabled uh, people enabled scientists and engineers to to make uh, these kinds of animals and more uh, you know more uh, more and more and I, I became worried that you know this was going to get out of hand and that we need to get all our ethicists together and animal rights people and and think about uh, developing rules and regulations that stop this before it starts. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I wanted to you know emphasize that uh, that we should be ethical. We should think about the the the, the effects. Of what we're doing on the animals and on our own, our own humane uh, humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, it uh, by by adopting an animal 
rather than going out and getting one of these genetically engineered animals, we're uh, enhancing our own humanity. We're we're enhancing our own self-respect. Absolutely. And I know that you've touched a little bit on ape intelligence and the fact that we have the great apes in incarcerated uh, conditions, for lack of a better word. And we're discovering that, well, I've kind of always felt this from the time I was a little girl, but we're discovering as a species, humans, that Mm -hmm. apes are probably just as intelligent as we are based on their communication skills. And and is it appropriate to keep these amazing animals in confinement for their entire lives and to take them out of the wild and to bring them into zoos? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, besides The Cerulean's Secret, my previous novel, novel was called Solomon's Freedom. And it was about a, a, a chimpanzee named Solomon mm-hmm. who uh, a, a billionaire wanted to take his heart. Uh, and and uh, the story is about how a lawyer tries to give him uh, uh, what's called legal personhood, and that's not giving him the right to vote mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just saying rec- recognizing that he's an intelligent animal. Absolutely. Uh, and certainly, uh, we actually spent some time with chimpanzees doing research for the book. And boy, they are—they are bright. They are intelligent. They need to have freedom, uh, the same kinds of freedom that we do to pursue their own happiness. Absolutely. And there were some legal cases just recently that actually bestowed personhood on some of the great apes. Do you know anything about that? Yes, there's a friend of mine, Stephen Wise, who is very wise. He's a lawyer uh, who's working with the Non-Human Rights Project, uh, uh, and he is actually bringing court cases to uh, give uh, freedom to these, to some specific apes, specific chimpanzees that are being kept in inhumane conditions, uh, and so he's, these court cases so far, the uh, the cases have been uh, denied, turned down, but mm. he's he's uh, continuing to to um, uh, to pursue them and to appeal them, and eventually, I think he will get legal personhood for chimpanzees, which means that they will uh, have the right to, to uh, 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 the kind of life that they deserve as intelligent uh, creatures. And I think this is going to expand to all of the great apes. I think an orangutan was recently granted personhood, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And that is really just setting the ball rolling for for rights for lots of animals, not just the great apes. But as we become aware that more and more animal species are a lot more intelligent than we ever realized. Oh, yes, absolutely. We have to recognize that. Decades ago, we thought uh, all animals were dumb, Mm -hmm. uh, that they didn't have intelligence. And then they found out that chimpanzees use tools like us. And then they found out that birds use tools Mm -hmm. like us. Mm -hmm. Then they found out that that, uh, dolphins use tools like us. And so... More and more scientific research is showing that these animals that we considered unintelligent, they have uh, intelligence and they have culture, uh, and they, they, they deserve to have the kinds of freedom and the kinds of lives that, uh, that are satisfying and that, that, they, that are uh, appropriate for them. And that's the key there, intelligence and culture. That's what we always thought divided human beings from the rest of the uh, life on Earth. And 
as a child, I always recognized that my my animals in my life had intelligence and culture, and mm-hmm. I was always told by the adults around me that no, 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 they they don't think like people, and and they are dumb animals. And I thought, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I well, they were. It. I yeah. think they just didn't have the knowledge that we have today. <laughs> but I just uh, don't understand how how anybody who's ever lived with an animal, whether it be a dog, a cat, a chicken, a goat could ever imagine that these animals don't have the type of sentience that we have. We just were able to build on on our brain building blocks because we have schools and and we have books and, and we have opposable thumbs. But that really doesn't make us better at all. No, no. We are we are a part of nature. Absolutely. We're definitely a part of nature and, and that's why you know, you're talking about adopting animals. If you adopt an animal, bring them home and learn about their intelligence and learn about what they're, uh, what they're, what they're, uh, they are like, then you have more respect for animals in general, and, and I think we need to do that. We need to have more respect for animals as a, as a, a first step in having much more respect for ourselves as part of nature, uh, as part of the earth. Dennis, we're out of time, my producer is telling me, so let's let everybody know where they can find your books. Oh, it's on Amazon. Uh, there are two books. There's one called The Cerulean's Secret. It's about a cerulean cat, cerulean being a blue. Mm-hmm. And the other is Solomon's Freedom, and you can get them on Amazon. Awesome. And we need to take a very quick Pet Place break now, but be sure to stay with us because one of our favorite guests, Robin Gansert from the American Humane Society, is waiting in the wings to share the all-star studded news about the Poskers. This and more on the Pet Place on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and our absolute favorite all-time Pet Place guest is joining us now. It's Robin Gansert, the president and CEO of the American Humane Association. Good morning, and how are you? Hi, Marie. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm so thrilled to be here with you. (laughs) Well, I was really excited to get you back on the show because I know that you have a very special event that is actually an answer to the Academy Award, the Oscars, and you call it the... Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I do, too. And and what are the Oscars? Well, you know, uh, last weekend we all enjoyed watching the Oscars, watching the uh, wonderful folks go down the red carpet. But, you know, American Humane Association believes the real winners of this year's top acting awards are those wonderful animal stars who receive the Oscars, Uh which is our annual award honoring the top animal stars in film and television. Oh, that is so cool. Is there something that our listeners can watch? Absolutely. The Poskers are now available online at AmericanHumane.org. So you can go right onto our website and view uh, the Poskers, which are hosted by TV superstar Polly Perrette and wonderful animal advocate and star Lou Wagner. Oh, that sounds so fun. But let's mm-hmm. give our listeners a, a little bit of a hint of what they're going to see when they go there. I understand you have an award called Best 
puppy under pressure. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, a lot of folks felt under pressure with the movie The Interview. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most infamous movies from 2014, and while it didn't receive any Oscar nods, we felt its cutest star was Wolfie, the King Charles Spaniel who oh, appeared in the film. okay. Yes, yeah, so Wolfie gets the Best Puppy Under Pressure Award from the interview. And those of you who haven't seen the film, you'll see a little clip if you view online at the Poscars, and you'll get to see this gorgeous King Charles Spaniel. And Marie, what I know that you appreciate about all of this as much as I do is the fact that this puppy under pressure was actually not under any real pressure at all. Oh, that's He was good. N- <laughs> never in near any of those explosions or the gunfire. That was all added post-production. Good. The Wolfie was kept safe by American Humane Association Certified Animal Safety Rep throughout the filming of the interview. Wonderful. And let's talk about the award called Best Magical Cow. <laughs> Oh, Marie, you have to love it. You know, you know the uh, interview didn't get any Oscar nods, but certainly uh, Enter the Woods got three Oscar nominations mm-hmm. for, you know, a lot of the human work. But we felt that this Disney version uh, of that beautiful fairy tale mashup musical deserved an Animal Star Award. And the best magical cow goes to Milky White, which is played by the animal actor Tug. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love cows, so, you know, you have to love Tug. Now, do they get little statuettes to uh, show off in the barn? They get <laughs> treats and certificates. <laughs> oh, very <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Very nice. Best aquatic performance goes to? Dolphin Tail 2. Oh. In Dolphin Tail 2, we met the brand-new BFF of, you know, uh, winner, uh, Hope, is the dolphin's name, a beautiful, heartwarming family tale. Mm-hmm. And when you get to meet Hope, you fall in love with her, and she becomes winner's new friend. That's very cool. Now, are any of the animals portrayed in Dolphin Tale 2 uh, computer-generated, or are they all the real animals? Well, there are actually some that are the animatronic props. Oh, so, okay. you know, so much that you see in movies today uh, have animatronic props or computer-generated imagery. And certainly in this case, it was a prop when you see Savannah lying at the bottom of the tank. It wasn't a real dolphin at all. Okay. It was a prop. And that always makes me feel good to know that no animal indeed was harmed. And that movie is such a heartwarming and heartfelt movie, too. Okay. Let's move on to the next category, Best Chase Sequence. Well, I never thought that a movie like Sex Tape would make it to the Poscars, but it does because of the beautiful German Shepherd. You know, in that movie Sex Tape, Jason Siegel is, you know, hilariously searching a friend's home, and he runs into this beautiful German Shepherd. I love German Shepherds. Mm-hmm. And this dog was played by two, actually this role was played by two dogs, Nikki and King. Oh, okay. And the chase was on, and that's kind of a famous chase sequence. And again, uh, Nikki and King were absolutely safe in that scene, thanks to computer-generated imagery. Oh, excellent. <laughs> it's so nice to hear this. I know you work really hard to make sure all these animals are protected in the movie industry, and that's one of the main things that you do at the at the American Humane Association, and I love seeing that stamp of approval at the end of motion pictures. Thank you. You know, people think that, you know, behind uh, all these movies is such a glamour, and there's certainly glamour on Oscar night. 
But in making these movies, and particularly the work that American Humane Association does, it's quite rigorous. We use scientific evidence-based standards to ensure that all of these beautiful animal actors are kept safe. And there's a lot of movie magic that goes into those scenes that you end up watching on the silver screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those animals, when American Humane's on those sets, they're indeed uh, kept safe. And that's what we all want to hear. Absolutely. I know back in the early days of motion pictures, horses in particular were treated very cruelly. And and now I know that they're safe. So this next category of best support, best supporting equine um, is is something that is, is very special. That's right. Best supporting equine. Posker goes to Dell in Dawn at the Planet of the Apes. You uh-huh. know, people would think, well, there's, are you getting a, an Apen Award? Nope. <laughs> We're giving Dell, the beautiful horse, who was ridden by the Apes leader, Caesar. Uh-huh. And I just think uh, uh, that was just a, a fantastic performance by Dell, that beautiful horse. Definitely. And best young animal performer goes to... Oh, there were puppies featured in the drop, which is just amazing. That heart of that movie, uh, the drop, which is a mob thriller, is the story of a pit bull puppy. But the pit bull puppy is actually played by three separate puppies, tea, puppers, and ice. (laughs) And uh, they were all kept safe from harm with our certified animal safety reps, and they weren't overworked. They were just loved and enjoyed uh, and had a safe and comfortable environment on set. And what what a wonderful performance. So we have a a big feature ahead for tea, puppers, and ice, we just know. Excellent. And, of course, there's the Ensemble Award, and that goes to? Wild, the wonderful movie featuring the human actress star Reese Witherspoon also had a number of wonderful animal stars. You know, we had a rattlesnake played by Fred, a dog played by Tess, a fox played by Dharma, a wonderful horse played by Muffet, and all of those animals were all uh, safely uh, in that work environment thanks to the work of American Humane and their animal trainers. So I wonder what the animal break room was like. <laughs> I think they were probably separate, <laughs> especially with the rattlesnake. Okay, who was the top dog star of all time? This was like a very special achievement award. Who did that go to? Well, we all know and remember with a lot of love, Lassie, the Uh, lovable comedy. Been around forever, and this is a a vote we put out to America. We asked America on our 75th anniversary if no animals were harmed, who's your favorite dog and cat star of all time? And Mm -hmm. Lassie won top dog honors. Wow, and and Lassie's been around for 75 years, and that's not all just one dog. <laughs> no, definitely not one Lassie, that's for sure, but many generations of that beautiful collie. Hey, I have a question. Was Rin Tin Tin anywhere in the, uh, the all-time vote? He was definitely included in the vote, but Lassie beat Rin Tin Tin. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and how about for cats? Who was the all-time cat star? Sassy. Sassy is that beautiful Himalayan cat, starred in Disney's Homeward Bound and the sequel. In both films, Sassy was played by a cat named Tiki and voiced by Oscar winner Sally Field. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. my my producer is saying, what happened to Morris the cat? I guess Morris was just in commercials, though, not in That's film. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I tell you, Sassy won. Americans voted. So uh, your producer uh, didn't didn't vote enough times for Morris. <laughs> I guess not. Okay, how about the Lifetime Diva Achievement winner? Wow, we couldn't leave this year's Poscars without giving a Diva Lifetime Award. And Crystal, the beloved capuchin, who'd been an animal star, has been an animal star for 18 years in more than 25 films, including the Night at the Museum series. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had to give wonderful Crystal the Lifetime Diva Achievement winner. And, you know, this, this capuchin is so beloved that the late Robin Williams called her his favorite leading lady. Aww. And he did that in a social media post about two weeks before he passed away. Wow. So we felt that this was the year to honor Crystal as our lifetime diva. Wonderful. And one more time, where can our listeners watch the Poscars? At AmericanHumane.org. And this year's Poscars are hosted by the beautiful Polly Perrette and mm-hmm. the charming Lou Wagner. Wonderful. Robin, thank you so much for stopping by the Pet Place. It's always so much fun to to talk with you. Thank you for having me. It's time to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, be ready for Pet Place news and events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. If your pets are in need of vaccinations, microchips, or general wellness exams, then remember, every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., a traveling, low-cost, no-appointment-needed clinic visits a number of locations in Los Angeles and Orange Counties. For more information and to find out when it will be near you, visit www.thevaccinationstation.com. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org and send us your comments or suggestions for the show. You can also find us on Facebook. We're listed under Pet Place Radio, and that's all one word, no spaces. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.